Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. We'll spend much time tonight looking at the Word of God and less time on the interpretation and the stomping around of some good-looking, well-versed, educated preacher. Those of you that didn't catch on to that, you will later. But as Jesus hanged on those wooden timbers, suffering the crucifixion, he comes to the end and he cries out a phrase, tetalistai, loosely translated, it is finished. It is finished. Now this word tetalistai is used to denote the settling of a debt. That's where it was most commonly used. So if a merchant would have in their ledger book and you would have borrowed money or bought goods on credit from a merchant, when you paid that debt in full, the merchant would write upon that ledger book to Talestai, meaning that the debt has been fully settled for this person. And what a proper word for the usage of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, that the debt of sin is settled. When he says it is finished then that means the payment for our sin has been completed. The debt has been paid in full. The race has been run and the race has been won is kind of the idea. And so tonight we're going to look at just three things briefly as we look to answer the question, exactly what was finished? What exactly was finished? And there are several things, but we're going to look just at three. The first thing I want us to look at tonight is that the prophetic words about Jesus had been finished. So the things that had been prophesied in the writings of old, they had been finished. Isaiah 53 says, beginning in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised, For our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and then the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, he opened not His mouth. Oh, the words of Isaiah chapter 53 and how they would play out with Jesus Christ as he, like a lamb led to the slaughter, having the ability to open his mouth and speak himself away from this punishment, having the ability to command a legion of angels to come down and come into the mind of Pilate, into the mind of Caiaphas, into the mind of the people that they would, instead of saying, release Barabbas and crucify Jesus, he could have very well opened his mouth and caused the situation to go quite contradictory to that. He could have opened his mouth at any time, but like a lamb to the slaughter, Jesus Christ chose to leave his mouth closed, taking the punishment of our sins upon himself, taking the chastisement of God for our sin on his very precious, sinless back. 
Isaiah pins these words 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. But if you fast forward to the scene on Calvary's hill and in Jerusalem the week of Passover, you will find that 700 years before Isaiah wrote these words and 730 some odd years later, Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophecy to perfection. There was not one breath, there was not one step, there was not one moment, there was not one iota, not one jot, not one tittle that was out of place from Isaiah's writing in prophecy 700 years before his birth to Jesus Christ's death on a bloody cross that much time later. Now think of the probability of such a thing. If I were to try to pin tonight the words of what Carter Mull, my very son, would do tomorrow, Tomorrow, having spent the day with him today and tried to pin out what he was going to do tomorrow, I would miss something. I would miss it badly. Chances are I wouldn't know which step he was going to take. I wouldn't know which snack was going to befall his mind. I wouldn't know what clothes he was going to put on of his own accord. But Isaiah... 700 years before said Jesus Christ will do this this very way. He will be crucified in this very way. And he, like a lamb led to slaughter, will not even open his mouth to defend himself. And he did it in perfect detail. Now there were many other prophecies that we could have gone through. David wrote in Psalms 22 about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he hit it down to the part where people walked by and wagged their heads. Under the inspiration of God, David would write that people would look to him and wag their heads and smite him. And it's the very thing that happened on that cross of Calvary. So many prophecies fulfilled. So when Jesus, on that cross with arms stretched open wide, cries out to Talistai, it is finished. He is finishing and fulfilling the prophecy from the Old Testament about the Messiah. But stay with me. Because in addition to finishing the prophetic words about the Messiah, let us also look at the physical suffering that he was finishing. Read with me from the Gospel of Matthew, first in verse 26 of chapter 27. Then released him Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now we could read over that verse. Really quickly if we wanted to. But I don't want you to miss what is there about the physical agony that Jesus endured. Scourging was an accompaniment to a capital execution that the Romans would use. But it was not a humane punishment. It was not a pleasant punishment. In fact, scourging was so degrading. And so violent that Roman law would not allow a Roman citizen to be scourged. No one who was a right-born citizen of Rome could ever befall the punishment of scourging. It was reserved for slaves and those non-Roman lesser citizens. Those who were considered lesser citizens. But when it says that he was scourged in verse 26, it is saying... Jesus was dragged to a whipping post. His hands tied so that he was bound, unable to get away. Now I want you, 
want everybody in here that has an imagination to use it for just a moment. If you need to close your eyes, this is one sermon where I will excuse you closing your eyes as long as you don't snore. Imagine with me Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. He who knew no sin. He who had never done anything wrong to anyone. He had brought the dead to life. He caused the lame to walk, the blind to see. And here he is, bound to a whipping post, stripped of his clothing. A Roman soldier would grab a tool used specifically for this punishment known as a flagrum. Now this flagrum is no ordinary whip. This is not a bull whip. This is not what we would use on cattle. It, it's been compared to a cat of nine tails used in the British. But, but really it's even more violent than that. Because in addition to, to being made to bruise, this three foot long tassels and straps would have fragments of lead and bone chiseled into them. And the whole purpose of the flagrum would be to beat the naked, bound, degraded victim and lay open his body to bleed. That's what it was designed for. Picture with me my Jesus, strapped to a whipping post with a Roman soldier. See his skin tear. Church historian Eusebius of Caesarea would write that the bystanders at the scene of Jesus Christ would be amazed at how the body of the man was laid open to the veins so that the hidden inward parts were exposed to view. Think about the violence. That if we read quickly through verse 26, we miss what scourging is. But my friends, it doesn't stop there. Because when they were done whipping the Savior on the whipping post, they would remove him from it, carry him on. In verse 27, it says that they took him to the common hall. They placed a crown of thorns or reeds upon his head. They robe him in a scarlet robe meant for royalty, and they mock him. They spit upon him. They strike him on the head. And then they lead this bloodied, bruised Jesus to be crucified. To be crucified. The physical agony of crucifixion is the most tormenting way a person could die in this day. And yet, before he is even strapped to this bloody cross, he is beaten mercilessly. And yet, he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. He had nails driven into his hands and feet. Hung on that cross in such a way that as he lay there he couldn't even draw a breath. Literally each breath would cause his lungs to lose a little more capacity for air. Baking in the Middle Eastern sun. And then he cries out to Talistan. It's finished. And the physical agony of Jesus Christ, when he says it is finished, ends as he gives up his breath. 
And so the prophecy is fulfilled. The physical pain is endured. But my friends, most importantly, the wrath of God is satisfied when he says it is finished. I submit to you, friends, that the physical agony of Jesus Christ is nothing in comparison to the agony that he endures in verse 46 of Matthew. When he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I believe with every fiber of my being that the flagrum, the scourging, the walk up the hill, the nails, the hanging, the heat, the lack of breath, the bleeding, the thirst, all of the physical agony that Jesus Christ so graciously endured for us, all of that paled in comparison to the spiritual agony that Jesus has when he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The spiritual agony of Jesus, who had been present in full communion with his heavenly Father since the beginning. Scripture tells us that by Jesus all things were made. That by him all things were made. That in creation all things were made through Jesus Christ. That ever since the beginning, we don't have any comprehension of the beginning. But since the beginning, there was perfect communion between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Perfect Trinitary communion. So imagine the spiritual agony of Jesus Christ as the sin of all man is poured out upon him on that cross. Sin poured out upon him. Him who knew no sin takes on sin on that cross. So much so that because God is holy and cannot look upon sin with favor, he has to turn his head from his son on that cross. And for the first time, the community of the Trinity of Jesus Christ and Father and Spirit is broken as he takes our sin on his back. I want you to reflect just a moment on this fact. That if you and I lived our lives having never accepted the blood of Jesus Christ as the payment for our sin debt, we could live our whole lives Never accept Jesus. And we would have to spend an eternity in hell trying to satisfy our debt of sin. And yet, on that cross, in those hours on that cross, Jesus Christ took the sin of every man and every woman that ever had lived and ever would live upon his shoulders. It would take you a lifetime to pay for your sin and you wouldn't get it done. But he paid for all of our sin in just a few hours on that cross. Think of that agony. Think of that spiritual agony. Think of that physical agony. But friends, remember this. John in chapter 12 verse 24 as he answers, as Jesus answers to the Greeks, as they wanted to see him, and they went to the disciples of Jesus and said, We wish to see Jesus. And he says to them, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it remains just one kernel. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus is saying here that unless you are willing to plant that one seed in the ground, farmers, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not willing to put that seed in the ground and allow the pressure of the soil and the pressure of nature to crush that seed and sprout forth, 
that at the end of the harvest, you still only have that one seed sitting in your hands. But if you're willing to put it in the dirt, allow it to be crushed, it spurts forth so much fruit, so much comes of it. Jesus likewise is saying, if I don't go to the cross, if I don't become crushed for the iniquities of man, if I don't fall under the wrath of God for the punishment of sin, then only I am reconciled to a holy God. If Jesus Christ had not went to that bloody cross, none of us would have hope to be reconciled from our sinful selves to our Holy Father. But bless God and thank Jesus that he did just that willingly. That like a lamb led to slaughter, he did not open his mouth in his defense. That he endured the wrath of God And that he did it for you. So what was finished? What was finished is the story of life that has to end with an eternal damnation in hell. And what was accomplished was the story of hope that we have in Christ Jesus. I was asked the question recently. What's so good about Friday? What's so good about Friday is that Jesus Christ, while dying on a cross, provided life for each and every one of us. That's what's so good about Friday. Now we're going to we're going to conclude this portion of the service in a word of prayer, but it's going to be a little different, okay? I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Because in just a moment, we are going to partake of communion together. We're going to come to the Lord's table. And so before we come to the Lord's table, this is, this is our moment of invitation tonight. And the reason that I want to have a moment of invitation before we have communion is this. Scripture tells us that we are to come to the Lord's table. In a specific way. Holy, consecrated, reverential, and set apart. And so my prayer is this. If there is some reason in your life. While you cannot take communion. You have a situation with a brother or a sister. Or, or something else in your life. My prayer would be that you would lay that. At the feet of holy God during this time of invitation. If there is something in your life that you feel like. Is keeping you from being in communion with God. That you would take this short moment and just lay it at his feet. We're going to take just a moment. I'm going to pray and then when I'm done, we're going to leave our head bowed, our eye closed. And you do your business with God. If you're here this evening and you heard of the bloody cross of Calvary. And you realize that you've taken for granted what Jesus did for you. That you've never accepted him as Savior. Maybe you accepted him. You've never followed him. You feel free to step out or slip your hand up and, and, and I'll come to you, whatever, whatever you need to do. But let's just do our business with God before we take communion. Father God, we thank you for the Christ of the cross. God, we thank you that as we look through your gospels, so inspired by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, we thank you that we see 
that everything that Jesus did from his miraculous birth to his sacrificial death was with a purpose and it was never out of his control. Yet, yet he loved us enough to do it anyway, Lord Jesus. And so, Father God, you dwell among your people for this next few moments. Allow all hearts and minds to clear before we partake of communion. Father, it's in your precious heavenly name that we do pray together this season. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org.